When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outside your window may not be great, but here on Post Show Recaps, everything's a little bit awkward as we are talking about Hawkeye on the Everything is Super podcast. I am Josh Wiggler, and I am joined here by a guy who I guess I could say we're partners, am I right? Kevin Mahadeo. Uh, we not best friends? Well, I've said before that uh, I'm your best friend, but you're not my best friend. I think that that's right. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'll maybe I'll change my answer the longer we do these podcasts, Kevin. Because you know what they always say. Life is short. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> what a great, ridiculous moment uh, that throws me back to Back to the Future, one of my favorite films of all time. But also, speaking of awkward moments, right after that, that weird dancing scene. Yeah. What what was up? I I felt awkward for Kate. I mean, I think they were playing. I it thought as that Kate liked moment. it. Yeah. I would have gotten up and walked out. I would have been like, I I, well, I can't be here for this. This is Kevin Mahadeo, <laughs> who famously hates feelings. Uh, I guess so. that's true. This it's is just this is just not imagine, your thing. Okay, but imagine your parents doing that. I'm like, not, not even. I'm not exactly. able to. I can't picture exactly. That. Just, exactly. No, I can't. I literally cannot picture it. So uh, <laughs> I'm fine because it's not coming to my mind. I can't see it. I'm trying. It's still not there. Nothing. This isn't a Blake's bit. Light. Dragon fruit, uh, Rumpelstiltskin, Ferragamo, all of the things. I can't. I can't see it. Uh, it's not coming to my mind. Uh, so it's not a thing that would ever happen. Doesn't, I guess. doesn't look like anything to wouldn't, me at all. Wouldn't happen in reality. Doesn't happen in the theater of the mind. Uh, <laughs> so I'm fine here. Uh, I'm also really fine here, Kevin, because we're talking about Hawkeye and this show rules. Four episodes Yo, in a row. God. They're all really fun. Uh, it's fav- so good. Favorite MCU Disney Plus show so far. No longer close. They just have to absolutely botch the landing on these last two episodes for it to change. Uh, this they really they really stuff. gotta mess it up they really gotta fun. they gotta land and break their ankle like right like that's that's where we're ending up here to, for it to get dethroned it's so well done and so great uh it's so enjoyable the acting is just top notch uh the moments are all incredible it feels like such an mcu product it's the first one that i think really really feels mcu not just because hawkeye is in it but just the little things, the interplay between these two characters, just the the action beats feel like really, you know, just dynamic. And of course, you get moments like these RP, you know, LARPers, the LARPers yeah. showing up again felt so much like Ant-Man's, you know, like crew. There's just these little things that really make this uh, show feel very MCU in the best best way possible and this is the moment that i feel like i i really feel like i'm back in the marvel cinematic universe uh, we've had so much movies we've had so many shows but i feel like this is the moment for me where after like two years or however, however long it's been it could be a hundred years who knows uh i feel like i'm i'm back where i used to be and i love it 
It's great. It's really fun. It's nice to wake up every Wednesday and have an absolute blast with this show. Uh, and the fact that we only have two more is annoying and sad. Uh, exciting is that for the next episode of Hawkeye and therefore the Hawkeye podcast, Kevin and I will be live and in person together. What? Uh, so we'll get to, I don't know, are we going to stay up and wait until it drops? Or are we going to wake I up mean, early? How do you want to do this? Uh, I'm, I'm more of a stay, stay yeah, up we'll than we'll I am stay a up. wake upper, but we'll, we'll stay see. Up. I'll be so <laughs> tired we'll want to wait to do the podcast <laughs> but we could stay up and watch uh that'll be really really fun uh it's another episode of hawkeye it's called partners am i right uh, a lot has been written about this episode uh lots of theories springing out of this one uh lots of fun easter eggs as well really there's one big theory that comes out of this one and believe it or not it's got nothing to do with kingpin uh does it have to do with mephisto uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, it is another M character, though. Uh, so we'll talk about that as we get deeper into the podcast. Of course, this is the first of two uh, comic booky podcasts that Kevin and I are going to be recording tonight uh, and dropping in your feed. Uh, we also do the extra podcast that's on the Post Show Recaps Patreon, but it is free to listen to on patreon.com slash post show recaps. Do not need to be a subscriber to Post Show Recaps on patreon in order to listen to that one later tonight uh and in your feeds in the poster recaps patreon right now kevin and i are talking about magneto and the x-men and magneto is not the other m character unfortunately uh for hawkeye but that would be why that would have been incredible (laughs) yeah uh so we'll be talking about magneto there's also a couple of other additional extra things happening in the superhero landscape that i'm going to bring up on that podcast so if you want to hear more than just hawkeye chatter go to patreon.com slash post show recaps and press play on the extra podcast catch up on the ones that you have missed thus far kevin let's talk about hawkeye uh season one hopefully season uh one and not just hawkeye uh episode four partners am i right it begins where we left off except very quickly jack duquesne aka tony dalton is not really a dangerous guy the second he goes there's an avenger in my living room it's great oh my god it's archer (laughs) that's it's actually hawkeye uh phenomenal moment i keep wondering like there's so many clues here about like, oh, you know, he's like, we find out later about him fronting the the tracksuit mafia and stuff. But ever since we had our discussion last week, uh, I'm so leading into like, oh, maybe he's harmless. Um, and like, I would love that twist, right? Like, he had this just he looks threatening with the sword, and it's just like, oh, hey, an Avenger, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, if anything, the more suspicious character this week is Vera Formiga. Yeah. Eleanor Bishop. Activity. I love it. I would love that to be the twist that she's actually the big bad. Uh, I believe that there's comic book precedent for somebody close to Kate being a bad guy. I don't want to get more specific than that for anybody who's reading any of the old Hawkeye comics uh, that have been recommended. But I think that there may be something there. And the MCU tends to zig where the comics zagged. Uh, so I don't expect a one to one. But I am also on high alert with Eleanor Bishop. Just a couple of the ways that she's played the character has come across as very suspicious. Do you think it will authentically be that Kate's mother is uh, a villain, Kevin? Or do you think that she's the second scroll that we will see on oh, Hawkeye? Good God. I hope it's not a scroll. Yeah. I well, hope we already we got that one. We saw scroll. that one yeah. scroll. 
Um, I would, I would, I, I don't necessarily even think she needs to be like the biggest bad, right? Like, but I think having her more informed than was let on is kind of incredible. Yeah. Like, if she killed uh, Street Fighter Man because uh, she's trying to set up Jack, like that'd be so interesting and so like unexpected. Uh, but I'd be okay with it more so than I am with some of the other twists we've seen in, in the shows so far. Snake Eater, um, like you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to see Clint and Kate sit down with Eleanor and Jack now that they've been busted. Yeah. You know, Hawkeye and I are working on a case. He just needed to use the bathroom. <laughs> just just stopped on by, you know, since we were here. Uh, it's, the banter this on is, this show is so good. The dialogue so is so incredible. funny. Kate referring to Clint as CB1. Uh, she keeps, yeah, CB1. He has some trouble opening up. CB1. <laughs> Is that because Who's he's Clint Barton the first? I uh, don't know, because like maybe he's Clint Barton the first, but it could be a play as CB2, the actual place that maybe they shop for a lot of their furniture. Oh, that's uh, that could funny. be possible. So yeah. he's CB1 if this uh -huh. is CB2. CB1. <laughs> I love that. Is it one because he's first Avenger, best best Avenger, first place, <laughs> CB1? I don't uh, think that would activate uh, the Quinjet if someone tried that. Uh, <laughs> Best Avenger, Hawkeye. Yeah, we get along. Access denied. Please leave. We get along because I'm pretty chill. It's like, you know, I'm never like, oh, my God, Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> Haley Steinfeld, so great. You know, there's not going to be a tremendous amount of analysis on these podcasts, I think. A lot of it's just going to be, this show's so fun. That's so it's fun. Just great. And these two characters, like, the, the, the dynamic between them, their interactions – not just in like moments like this that are so comedic, but also like the serious moments. Like obviously we talked about the one last week, um, but there's also like another moment this week. The, these personal moments, the quieter moments, these two work so well together that it just really, I think, transcends a lot of the stuff we've seen so far uh, and on, on the other shows. And it's just, yeah, it's it's hard not to geek out about it. It's it's hard not to just love every second. Yeah. Uh, it's super, super fun. So uh, they're working together, not on an Avengers level threat. And Eleanor really doesn't want Kate getting in any deeper. And so she has a moment with Clint as Clint is leaving. Uh, and she tells CB1, uh, listen, uh, you know, people, Kate's not a superhero. And Clint says, she is a very good archer. Uh, and Eleanor says, yeah, well, Natasha was pretty good at what she did too, right? And being yep. good isn't always enough to keep you alive. What so a, what just jabbing moment, the arrow geez. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anything, that makes me even more just like, oof, Eleanor's just savage. Savage. Just savage. Savage land. Uh, no, that's season two. That's of a different thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, she says she can't lose Kate. I've lost people before, and I know you have too. Uh, and uh, I need you to forget the case. And he goes, well, I can't forget the case, but I can ensure that your daughter uh, stays safe. Uh, the fact that she wants him to drop the case and that's what she's saying. It's definitely, I think, a bit of, I know that you're my daughter's hero. I don't want to have to hurt you. Uh, yeah. It has that vibe. It has this menacing vibe of, uh, of Eleanor, you know, maybe uh, throwing the decanes under the bus could be right. Maybe that's why she's entering into this marriage with Jack is to set him up. And sure, his uncle sucked, but he was just kind of a douche, maybe, who was on to something when he was saying your mom is uh, no good. Yeah. Uh, and that she may have, I, I'm thinking she probably killed him or had him killed. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like, she had it done framing Jack. Uh, and, like, you had that moment, too, where she, like, walks out and, like, 
there's a lot in the first episode, in the first two episodes, that really kind of portray the mom as like oblivious and not really paying attention to this stuff around her. But that could be such a great easy front, right? Like yeah. Kate asking, like, "Oh, what was that argue about?" About and the mom and Eleanor just be like, "Oh, I have no idea," and it's just like, "Oh, but she did." So like those types of little things, you know. I think uh, the clues, the clues were there. They left yeah. us all the clues, Mister Snowman. Yeah, um, yes. you know. stop that. <laughs> Don't bring that out. It is winter time, I suppose. It is. Um, your friend and mine, the great Mike Bloom, uh, uh, wrote in some feedback and said, Eleanor kind of sucks. I know she was trying to get CB1 off her case, but bringing up Natasha was a super low blow. And I don't know how many people that genuinely get a tickle out of someone slow dancing with them and crooning incorrect Christmas carols. But here's my theory. Though the premiere leads us to believe that she's hapless and hated by the real villains of the Duquesnes, she's the one who's no good. And by the end of the series, she'll be revealed as Madame Mask. That's Mike Bloom's theory. Uh, I, don't really, Mask. I don't really know who Madame Mask is other than I know that she's uh, some sort of villain. of some. Yeah, I was, I'm trying to remember Madame Mask specifically. I believe at one point Madame Mask was the leader of Hydra. Yeah. Um, I thought they were heading that way with uh, possibly Julie's Dreyfus uh, and uh, the, the Contessa. Contessa. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that maybe they might be setting up the Contessa is actually Madame Mask and is like, forming her own like you know the dark avengers spot there's a lot of ways this stuff can go like you said the zigs and zags where the actual comics are i think are are what makes the marvel cinematic universe interesting for even people who are like deep cut fans because yep. they'll surprise you sometimes and do something a little bit different every once in a while uh, but i think uh, a lot of us seem to be on the same page which does make me wonder are we uh are we overthinking that uh are, are we trying to outsmart the show? Is it just going to be straightforward? Tony Dalton, bad guy, you know, we'll, we'll see where I it mean, takes. maybe, but like either way, I think it's working in its favor because they've now played it both sides enough that they could go either way. And it still feels right. It doesn't yeah. feel like they just, just did it just to mess with you. Right. right. Like the clues right. could have been there. So I like that. I like that. They're actually paying attention to like the story and how to like tease out these moments. So it like tracks right. at the end of the day. Right. Could also just be Kingpin, you know, okay. at the Damn at the it. end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, it could. I mean, maybe, maybe I, I feel like if that is even the case, it, it's a cameo. I don't yeah. think it's going to be a big player in this. I think it's it's like a cameo moment, could, you know, could I, just be. I still refuse to accept think Kingpin's gonna happen, on but... cameo. Um... Yeah. Yes, but I only <laughs> do cameos for women named Vanessa. He's just he's just every person. Vanessa, no, and just continue. if you're not Vanessa, then slam your head in a car door. Or is yeah. he on chat roulette just doing that? Every person he comes across, Vanessa, no, goes. Vanessa, no, goes. Yeah, his uh, his cameos are him just staring at the phone. Don't mind me, <laughs> I'm just staring at my rabbit on the snowfield. <laughs> Can't look away. Can't be it's a great Vincent D'Onofrio, by the way. Uh, I want to see Kingpin back really badly. Did you catch the news that Kevin Feige himself said, whenever we see Daredevil again, if ever we see Daredevil again, you better believe it's Charlie Cox. That's uh, from Kevin Feige. I know it's from Kevin Feige. I don't trust Kevin Feige because I've seen the things that have happened. Kevin Feige has to approve everything, which means Kevin Feige approved getting boned, and I 
don't trust him. Yeah. I do not trust him. He can yeah. say whatever he wants until anything actually. He happens. said. He said. If we get him, if you get Daredevil, it'll be Charlie Cox. Yeah, you know what that also could mean. We would never get Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna happen. It's gonna Don't be Charlie Cox. Don't monkey paw this, people. Come on. And then, did you see that Vincent D'Onofrio quote tweeted the Kevin Feige? I said, "Wow, that's great for my friend Charlie." <laughs> No, he's trolling us. It's all a troll. All be trolling us in so many ways. It's happening. It's happening. I believe in it. I believe it's another fundamental difference between you and me. Um, (laughs) We do also get that Eleanor calls somebody. She says, "Can you call me back, please? It's urgent." So yeah, uh, that's the bad guy. Uh, We just point (laughs) at the camera. That's that's the one. Um, okay, so this is an important scene. Uh, so Clint is on the phone with Laura Barton, uh, yes. Lindsay Weir herself, uh, and uh, they're talking about uh, Jack Duquesne, and uh, uh, Laura starts speaking to Clint in some other language about has anything else gone missing? I guess I've yada yada that Clint has uh, CB1, I'm just gonna call him CB1 from now on. CB1 has taken the Ronin sword, he has it now. Um, and so she asks if anything else has gone missing. And she says, what about that watch? What about that watch at the Avengers compound, the Rolex? Uh, and Quinn says, yeah, maybe let's look into that as well. Um, and later on when we learn a little bit more about the Rolex, because it's the ping of the Rolex that leads them to, uh, to Maya's apartment, Mm -hmm. um, CB one insinuates, uh, that this is linked to an Avenger uh is linked to the rolex yeah it's uh someone he used to work with uh who has been out of the game yes uh, is what he said yeah so yeah there's there's probably some implications here who it could be who knows could it be an actual person maybe Do you have it a theory no kevin one. uh no i refuse to have a theory. Do, you, <laughs> um, do you know do you know who has a theory about this the internet probably do you know who on the internet has a great theory about this? Uh, is it you? It's not me. It's your friend and mine, a uh, former colleague of ours uh, at Jim Wizard Gibbon. Magazine, uh, the great uh, Brett White over oh, Brett at, White. Okay. at Decider.com, uh, posted a really compelling theory about who the Rolex belongs to, to the point that this is one of those well, now I know what's happening in season one of Westworld before season one of Westworld tells me what's happening in season one of Westworld moments that I think that this is it. Uh, so if you if you're if you don't want to know uh, no, the theory, let's, let's no, I'm not talking it, to you. So you I have can... to hear it. You're on the oh, podcast. Well, but if damn. you're a listener <laughs> and you don't want it, oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want it, uh, you can turn away right now. How about this? We'll insert a commercial break right now and stick <laughs> through the commercial break. And on the other side of the commercial break, we'll tell you what's on the other side of this theory. Stay tuned. All right, you're all still here. Kevin's still here. So uh, this is from Brett White, and then this has really caught fire with a lot of people who have the same theory as well. Uh, but I love Brett's article on Decider. Um, he believes that the uh, former colleague of Clint's is none other than Laura Barton. Uh, is uh, Linda Cardellini's character Cardinelli? Cardellini? 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 Jeez, God. Uh, that a lot of people think that Laura is the former colleague, uh, and Brett thinks this as well, and that perhaps she is in some kind of witness protection situation. Uh, We have never once seen this character off of the Barton family farm ever. 
She is conspicuously absent from this uh, Christmas trip with the rest of the Bartons. Uh, she is uh, somebody who is proving her ability to at the very least be the uh, the Barbara Gordon to Clint's Batman here. She speaks uh, Russian. She speaks Russian. She, you know, knew all of the secrets about Natasha and everybody else. And this is the kind of, if, if I tell you, I have to kill you sort of dynamic that was being subverted in Avengers Age of Ultron and all the other places that we've seen these characters. Uh, and the, the cherry on the Sunday that a lot of people are doing the further leap to is that if Laura is in some form of witness protection and in some form of hiding, then perhaps her name is different and that this is Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, who is, who is Hawkeye's uh, wife in My Marvel Comics. exploded. <laughs> yeah, I watched it happen. It's gross. Clean up the, your monitor. There's brain chunks everywhere. That's incredible. So huge shout out to, to Brett White. Uh, he's the first person who I saw with this, and it's a really great story up on Decider.com. I mean, in the comics, Bobby Morris was, quote unquote, out of the game for a while, came back through the scroll invasion. There's a lot in Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Ooh, I love it. That'd, so, be, that'd be a cool that'd be a cool reveal that'd be cool that could be fun it would be it would have i think roots in um the actual story i feel like the narrative it would be very very compelling um it would negate some more of agents of shield because bobby morris aka mockingbird was played by adrian uh is it adrian palicki uh what is friday night agents lights of shield? Uh, oh god oh no you're making people mad I'm making not... <laughs> mad when you say it like that. Why am I making people mad? Well, when, Marvel is going to pretend Agents when you, of Shield. <laughs> when you say it like that, Kevin, you make people mad. Um, so it would certainly, you know, uh, walk that back. But uh, I think that this feels this feels legit. Uh, this feels legit. I think it makes a lot of more sense than if it's it's not going to be Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. is not showing up, and he's dead. Uh, uh -huh. it's not Thor. He's not, you know, with the watch. It could be cousin Greg. He has a watch that he's been flaunting a lot on succession. Uh, but I think that this makes sense as far as a character who we know, who we've met, uh, a card to reveal that would be personal to the story that they're telling on the show right now. I like it a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense. I love it. I love it. We also not all our assume... theory, just reporting the theories that are out there. And I don't tend to do that very often unless it's a really good one. This is a great theory, I think. It's a phenomenal theory. We also all assumed the story that he was telling to 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 Kate was about Black Widow, and you know that could he doesn't confirm right that it was uh, Natasha he was talking about that he was supposed to take out and all this other stuff. So there could be a lot in there that that's who he was talking about. That's who you know. That's how they met. There's a lot of theories there. That's how she could have gotten under witness protection. There's yep. There's a ton in there. There's a lot in there. Oh, God. <laughs> now it's one of those situations. It's fine. This one is okay. Because this is a theory that could really, really be awesome if it pays out. But if it doesn't play out that way, I think it's still fine. Yep. It's not like the things we've seen in other stuff. Like, no. Crap, but Laura's is a great is cool. character either way, right? So it's fine if she's just Laura. Linda Cardellini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If she's just grown-up Lindsay Weir, she's great, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, that's fine. Um, but it... It, it's one of those things that could flip over a, a card that makes uh, subsequent watch throughs of her earlier scenes just so much more enjoyable. And the MCU does love to do that. So I, think that, I think that there's some smoke here. Um, all right. Th so believe it or not, 
this is the point where uh, we see uh, Jack and, and, and Eleanor dancing in front of Kate uh and him he's he is doing some strange accent work uh we had (laughs) we had an email sent our way uh from the upright man he's like okay what the hell is the accent that tony dalton is doing (laughs) whatever it is it's bad and i love tony dalton he's still charming as ever but my god um i do have it in my notes that when uh they're talking about the holiday party that's coming up he shows up and he says did someone say party (laughs) Uh, And then he says, just make sure there's plenty of dancing. And I couldn't tell if he was just trying to be a cornball, cheesy stepdad or if this is the character's actual voice. I think Uh, that part was cornball, cheesy stepdad. Yeah, I I think that's that. That said, his accent is uh, weird regardless. I don't know if weird is the right word, but hard to place, I think. Um, but you know, accents are very regional specific. We don't, we don't know all. Tony Dalton is incredible. And I just seeing him on my TV just makes me so excited for the return of better call Saul, uh, next year. Uh, you still haven't done it, right? I have not yet. Oh, you're in for a treat. Really great show. And his role is terrifying. Very, 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 very good. Uh, but this is when he does uh, all of the uh, the aphorisms. Uh, Life is short. You never know what you're going to get. Absence makes the heart grow older. Grow older That's yeah. what it does. Uh, it's not wrong, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sweet. Uh, I hope that this all works out for everybody. It inevitably will not. Um, uh, we did miss something I do want to call out, though. Uh, while te- uh, Clint was... Uh, texting Laura, as we mentioned. Did you see the size of that man's text bubbles? He is old. <laughs> like, his text bubbles were giant. And I know, like, th- this is he's like the He's been next through a scene. lot. He's icing himself up, and he's icing his His hearing has been feet. damaged. Yeah. His eyesight is probably going. <laughs> he's still like, able to, you know, just other senses he can do the archery but. that is the size my parents sex bubbles are like just that giant like pops up on the screen is like oh god guys <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'm still trying to envision my parents dancing i can't i can't <laughs> i can't even see it in my mind I can't it's, i can't have it uh clint uh goes back to the apartment and ties uh frozen fruit smoothies to his body yes. to cool off the pain uh i feel like this has to be like a panel from the the fraction aja stuff come to life it uh, feels it feels like it right it's like, got that vibe specific. yeah i yeah. can th- i can picture him slumped in sort of the mm-hmm. the recliner yeah absolutely um so kate comes over with pizza and holiday cheer uh hawkeye is drinking from the thanos was right mug this yep. is kate's aunt's place and she owns a thanos was right mug yeah it really, is... really makes you question this aunt well i mean i guess to some degree because we've been in our own post-apocalyptic nightmare or i don't know which stage are we pre-post in it uh we're in we're some in kind it. of we're, apocalypse we're in the spiral yeah we're not post-apocalypse I mean, yet we're, I don't know. We're, we're on the way I, I have to laugh about it sometimes, otherwise it's way too depressing. So maybe <laughs> in the in the blip world, Thanos is, was right is, you know, catching amongst uh, people who don't actually believe it. Maybe it's just like, oh, yeah, Thanos was right, guys. Totally. I, totally. Oh, yeah. Ironically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime someone is annoying you at work, you just turn to your colleague who you actually Thanos like. Like, right. man, remember when <laughs> Melissa was gone in the blip? Thanos oh, my right. God. That, is, that is, right. is. I could totally see that being like the case, right? like that's where that's where it's all headed right you got a joke or else you go crazy so yeah yeah you you go full wand if you don't joke about it um Um, so so they have a night off you know i mean they they have some news here that jack is definitely the ceo of this company sloan this shell company lending money to the tracksuits uh Mm -hmm. so 
Kate's upset about that because it did seem like she saw her mom being happy and she wanted some of that. She needed that. Uh, and that is no longer going to be a thing. Uh, but they're able to put it away while they're doing uh, all like the tree decorating and talking about the trick arrows. What about boomerang arrows? Clint thinks boomerang arrows sound ridiculous. Well, Kate, they come back. <laughs> Kate loves them. They come back. Yeah. Well, you'd have to dodge a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. But can we talk about real quick, too? They're going to do the movie marathon that he yes. was going to do with his family, which the one that was very visible in that pile, the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, uh -huh. which is a Christmas classic. Yeah. Uh, and most importantly, as part of the Christmas cheer, they decorated the tree. But Josh, she brought him a Christmas sweater. Uh, I am wearing a Christmas sweater. Currently. I see it. Yours but has most, uh, TIE Fighters. It does. It's a Star Wars Christmas. Um, most importantly, though, the two sweaters that each of them are wearing, uh, one of them is a cat and one of them is a dog. Josh, we need this for ourselves. Ooh. You have to wear the cat one. I got to wear the dog one. This seam is faded. I saw those sweaters and I was like, oh, how do I get this for Josh? Or do we, do we do an irony thing where I wear the dog one, you wear the cat? <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. I think yeah. it'll come down to color, right? Like which color works best on yeah. us. <laughs> I'll take the dog sweater so that I can then burn it. Oh, monster. How about Gus that? is going to pee all over how you about for that? this. KFP, I'm tell what's what you up. said. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So Hawkeye, the, the two Hawkeyes are figuring out how to flick a, an ornament uh, and turn off a TV. She's like, I yeah, I can do that. that. And she's like, what? Tell me all your cool tricks. Well, I could I could flick a quarter and turn off that TV. I could do it with this ornament. I could do it with a quarter or a nickel. Pennies are too light. Uh, and dimes are too light. From 20 feet away, I could knock someone out like this. She's like, can you really? And he shows her and he can. And so he shows her how to do it and she's able to do it. She's a quick study. She's um, a quick learner. They are absolutely knocking people out this way by the end of the season. I would love that. I actually really love this entire scene because like they've talked a lot about Hawkeye's ability, right? Like he's able to like, he never misses, you know, he age of Ultron. Like I thought you were tired and, you know, I tried golf. I played 18 and, you know, hit 18. Yeah. Um, there's all this stuff about it, but seeing him use his powers in this way, his ability to like bounce stuff off off of a, you know one thing after another to turn off the TV is really cool. Um, this is like a low, like a low key, low stakes version of uh, the Ultimate Universe Hawkeye, who's basically deadly with everything. Yeah, uh, there's like a distinct scene in there where they had him tied up and they were like torturing him, and he, he was just like, "You idiots didn't cut, you know like uh, remove my fingernails." And he basically tears his fingernails off and flicks it like a weapon uh, to like jam it to someone's throat. It's insanity. But like, this is that type of stuff, right? Like, this is like the Hawkeye. And you're like, oh my God, this guy is nuts. If this is his ability, if this is his superpowers, quote unquote, uh, it's really cool. And it's really impressive, but you also can have fun with it. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. have to kill people with your fingernails. You could just turn off the TV from very far away. Well, we do get this whole conversation um, about how, uh, you know, uh, his whole his whole way of dealing with the blip was by hurting people. This is where it comes out that Clint and Ronan are one in the same. Uh, it spins out from this conversation about how the best shot that Clint ever took was the one he didn't take. And this does really seem like it's about Natasha, no matter what the Laura theory bears out as. There's the end game Boromir music that's happening. 
and the the Black Widow music that's there as well. I think it's it's pretty much insinuating he's thinking about Natasha still uh, as well. Uh, he says that when you do what I do for a living, it's just a game of managing loss. That's so sad. It really is. The show makes me really like CB1. It really shows you to the connection he does have with Natasha, right? Like, because Natasha was all about like being in the red, like the you know the ledger running, like all of that is things that I think you're seeing how he has had similar feelings, how he has seen himself in a similar light, and so it really deepens the connection between his two characters that we only really saw tangentially throughout the movies. So it was really great, like having a moment like this and having his discussion and seeing like hey, Clint used to be, like, not a hero. He used to be an assassin, basically, yeah. a mercenary. So knowing that and thinking about that, it does make sense, like, him becoming Ronan. A lot of us, especially, I think, you know, we, we, we watched Endgame. We are just like, oh, he's going around killing people? Jesus. You know, like, way to, way, to, way to go emo with the haircut. But it sort of tracks with knowing this, knowing and thinking about the fact that, like, he's going back to what he used to do, which is, like, eliminating targets so i really love this scene this is another perfect example of these two characters and their interplay like kate's response to hearing all this i think the way these two bounce off each other the way they act off each other is so so good um not just in the comedic moments but in moments like this especially yeah and it's nice that she knows and doesn't judge this was great from josh lemer who wrote in uh, i love that kate had figured out and already knew that clint was ronin and it wasn't even a source of tension she felt bad for him doesn't admonish him or anything uh the source of tension that uh, temporarily splits them up is something different entirely and it's not a miscommunication or, or anything uh so that's uh that's great i i do think that it's a it's i was nervous that you're you're you were my hero you ruined it. You <laughs> killed people. That would have been such a bad way for this to go. I, I as think bad that, as that impression of Haley. Yes, yes, I think that, that <laughs> I think that Kate's kindness uh, in this moment is is really admirable and uh, definitely the better direction uh, to to take this. Um, Agreed. So they pack it in for the night, except they don't pack in the pizza. They leave the pizza. They have a whole pie of pizza that is half eaten. So they only ate two slices each of, of the four. I mean, you're there Gosh, partying all this. night long. <laughs> That's fine if you're going to save it for the next day. And if you don't have the capacity for that third slice, I do get it. Uh, but put the pizza away. Refrigerate. True. Don't leave that out. It's, it's going to go bad. Don't leave um, it out all night, guys. You don't want to ruin pizza like that. You don't want to do that. Especially don't New York do pizza. Don't do it. You know, like a slice of California, Chicago pizza. Yeah, whatever. But New York pizza? No, that, that, don't do not do that. You know, Kate, I get college-aged. Clint, you're not in college anymore. Put the pizza <laughs> away. Put the pizza away. Really going after Gen Z on that one, huh? Listen, I'm, no, I'm saying when I was in college, I probably would have done a similar move. But, you know, <laughs> Clint's like a million years old. Put the pizza away. Uh, in the morning, Clint's going to go and talk to Kazi of the Tracksuit Mafia, and he wants Kate to go and get the rest of the trick arrows back from the LARPers. Because uh, they need to get their trick arrows. Uh, the trick arrows they don't boomerang back. You can't just, ma- you know, they're 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 rare apparently. Mm-hmm. Yet another flaw in the Hawkeye design, I have to say. <laughs> so you're just an archer with trick arrows, and it's a 
finite amount of trick arrows in the world. You can't. Well, the guy was probably more. the guy who was probably making them was Tony, and he dead. So unless they find someone else who could readily make a lot of trick arrows for him, uh, yeah. it's a little more complicated. Where's Ironheart when you need her? On the way. Um. So, uh, go go get the go get the arrows. Go get my arrows. I like to think of them more as our arrows. And he goes, okay, then go get our arrows. <laughs> so he's in for now. Anyway, it's obviously going to take a turn. Um, Kate goes to the LARPers uh, and meets up with Elsbeth of Deepdale, a.k.a. Officer Wendy Conrad, who has uh, an embroidered bag given to her by her wife that says bombshell on it. Uh, of course, anytime something like that happens, you have to then Google Wendy Conrad bombshell. <laughs> Because it's probably a Marvel character. So I did that. And Wendy Conrad is a mercenary who uh, specializes in explosives uh, and is currently operator operating under the alias Bombshell. Wink, wink. <laughs> cool. I don't Great. think it's anything that's going to actually play out in this. I think it's just a little reference, which is totally fine. Uh, I felt bad because I'm like, ooh, I hope he returns that bag. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it might not. We'll see. Uh, so Clint is in the car with Kazi uh, and basically says, uh, you seem like a reasonably not stupid guy. Uh, you know what Maya's boss wants and what he's already done to to get it. So unless he's talking about Jack, he's talking about somebody that he knows about and we as the audience still don't. Okay, but <clears throat> sorry. I had just had something in my throat. I had to get it out. It's been funny if you said, you know what the things he's done, like with car doors, like this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, uh, with car doors. Uh, he says, I don't want anyone to die, and Maya's need for vengeance is going to get her killed, period. He says, period, end of sentence. Um, and it would make sense if he thinks that Maya is coming after Clint because of the Ronin stuff and he is Ronin and he would know if it was him who did the things that she thinks that he did or if it was somebody else. And if it's somebody else, then, you know, he probably wants to have a conversation with Maya and be like, I'm Ronin, but it wasn't me. Uh, and I get the sense that that's probably where we're headed with this. Which again, I, I, that's one thing I don't think is the right direction here, yeah. but yeah. Well, we'll let her play out as it plays out. I think that's what's going on. She's chasing a ghost. Uh, so he wants uh, he wants Kazi to, to talk this down. Kazi trying to go for some of his weapons, but they're all taken. And then Clint does just throw the gun away. Yes. Uh, just chucks it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the LARPers are all at the apartment. They're making the deal to go and get the stuff. Along with uh, making uh, sugar cookies. Snickerdoodles. Or snickerdoodles, thank you. Yes. I don't know what uh, the last time I had a snickerdoodle was. Uh, I think not a while for me. A snickerdoodle is not one of my go-to cookies. You know, chocolate chip, uh, M&M's I really like, uh, sugar cookies. M&M uh, cookies are uh, are really happening right now. I love them. They're, yeah. they're delicious. Yeah, it's good stuff. We love an M&M cookie. Uh, I wanted to make like a... get sort of the chocolate. Like it, once it's heated up, it activates a new flavor. It's, it's still it's artificially great. sweet and kind of gross yeah. and probably bad and toxic for you, but it's tasty. Yeah, everything's toxic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so they uh, they have an address for uh, the Rolex where it's pinging from, uh, and Clint and Kate go, and Clint is going to be the one who infiltrates, and Kate's going to stand watch. Oh God, no, she's gone. She's going in. She's going in. Uh, in you know, full my... costume with the bow. Oh, okay, but here's the thing. This is actually one of my favorite things because we talk uh, in the various shows that we've discussed about like 
that take place in New York. And it's like, how much is the New York accuracy? Honestly, a person with a bow and arrow walking around New York doesn't wouldn't even phase anyone. Not even a thing that anyone would even consider. I would be phased if I saw uh, someone just, just walking around with a, with a someone, bow on their like back. Kate, yeah. I think someone like Kate, no phasing, right? If it's Hawkeye, and that's what he was saying, it's that's unfair. But if it was Kate, no one would question it. She's like, yeah, maybe, all right. She's maybe. another New Yorker. What are you going to do? Uh, I think my panic brain would be like, bow. <laughs> bow, arrows, cross street now. And I am uh, the untrustworthy one, Josh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he wants her to grab a hook in, but no, she's just going to help the guy with the groceries. And she's talking to Hawkeye on the phone. And the guy's like, what are you saying? She's like, oh, I'm not talking to anyone. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret? I was talking to an Avenger. He was in my ear. <laughs> Which it could be Ant-Man. Even if that guy yeah. is like, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, could be Ant-Man. Ant-Man could be in her ear talking to her. It's possible. Uh, so when she goes into the apartment, there's these strobe light alarms. She gacks them with the gack arrows. Which uh, immediately I was like, this is this is goes <laughs> apartment. So I saw the strobe lights. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and so the Rolex, she finds it, uh, belongs to somebody who's been out of the game for a while, but their ID is still attached to that watch, and it would blow their cover. Goodbye, friend. Uh, Very good friend, potentially, depending on uh, the veracity of the leading theory. So she gets the watch, and you hear over the radio that Clint is struggling. Uh, This is right after we find out that someone's taking notes on Clint's family, Uh, and then Clint on the other side of the radio is clearly fighting somebody. Uh, and uh, he screams for Kate to get out of there because it's Maya's apartment, and a huge fight breaks out between Maya and Kate, And uh, but Clint is saying, no, I'm fighting Maya, but he's not. He's, he's fighting, fighting Night Monkey. He's fighting Night Monkey. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, he is fighting uh, a, a, a Black Widow assassin. Things have gotten very real very quickly. It's Florence Pugh. It's Florence Pugh, Pugh, Pugh. I was so happy. I was so excited. Like, there's a point where I'm just like, I think that's Florence Pugh. And sure enough, when the mask comes off and it's actually her, I was very thrilled. Um, uh, how do you feel about the arrival of Yelena into uh, Hawkeye at this point? I mean, it's it's one of those things, though, where I'm just like, Ooh, I'm a little concerned because it is now three possible villains uh, in one show, uh, which would be interesting. Um, it would also be interesting if the three villains would be Echo, Yelena, and possibly Eleanor, um, which would be kind of cool because I we, very rarely do we ever have a circumstance where uh, the bad guy is a woman. To, to have essentially three women as, as the main antagonist like that I think is cool. Um, and putting up a hell of a challenge against Hawkeye and Kate both. So I really would enjoy that. I hope they can juggle juggle these things real, real well because that could be difficult. You can ask Sam Raimi. Yeah, well, we might be able to ask, uh, what's his name, John Watts, the guy who directs uh, <laughs> the MCU Spider-Man movies in a couple of weeks. Stay tuned uh, for that podcast coming your way next week. Kevin and I will uh, turn around the Spider-Man podcast as quickly as we possibly can after we watch it together. Um, there were definitely some reactions I saw amongst the post-show recaps community that were... Uh, sort of met on the Yelena reveal. This was from Jared. Jared said, am I the only one who thought that it was a slightly lackluster way to bring Yelena in? It was a really good episode overall, but I kind of feel like she was just thrown in there. And then Austin chimes in and says, I thought the fight itself was very cool. I love battles that have more than two quote unquote sides, but the Yelena reveal does feel a little perfunctory. Uh, and I'm curious if we'll see her again somewhere in the next two episodes that might make this reveal feel a little less out of the blue. I do think it, it does, you know, 
certainly it's a classic MCUism, Kevin. It's you better have been watching all the other things, otherwise you have no idea who this person is and why this Black Widow matters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. Um, I I think that it does happen a little suddenly. I don't know how this character would have been brought into the show in any way that wasn't a little bit subtle. I think. Um, uh, or out of nowhere. Uh, but I also do think that it works for me because Natasha has been so front of mind for the show that mm-hmm. uh, Natasha has been such an important character in death on this show that now having Yelena here while Clint was really meditating on it fuels a lot. And, you know, she'll show up again. That's not going to be it. But she w- she could never show up again. And what she would have done was serve as a Black Widow, as a reminder to Clint what he lost on Boromir when we have that moment of him holding Kate over the edge. And this time he lets her go because that's the safety net. Uh, so there's this mirror of uh, the Voromir scene from Endgame. A Voromirer, if you will, Kevin. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which we saw that flashback too. So like they really were foreshadowing a moment like this. Yeah, they're reminding uh, us along. what what's going through Quinn's mind right now. Yeah, and like I honestly, that's the thing. Is it sudden uh, that that her showing up in this? Certainly. Uh, was there another way to do it? Hard to say at this point. Like instead of Echo, it could have been her, and you know, with the tracksuit mafia that we talked about, but it wasn't. So here we are. Right. Uh, but the fight was dynamic enough that I'm fine with this. Is how her coming in. Uh, the, once again, uh, Bert and Bertie directing this episode, uh, just a great job with the action scenes and like how it's shot and how it's done. Absolutely adored every, every second of this fight. Did you have highlights of the fight? I know that you love, you love combat. Uh, did, I did, do. Yeah. Um, probably my favorite is, is honestly when, uh, Echo, like she uses the, the, like this, this like shockwave arrow, which, you know, takes down Elena and takes down Clint doesn't really bother echo that much which is fantastic and echo like basically drop kicks her at one point and she goes flying over like i thought that was a really great moment i thought her being stuck on the zip line was great until uh yelena actually the used zip the line zip was line. funny yeah i thought that was phenomenal like there's just a lot in these in, in this fight that i think is so cool the side-by-side action i think is great with the two you know uh, each of them fighting a person um there's a lot of really good stuff and i i i really like the action that these two directors have, have conveyed to us in these past two episodes. Um, I don't know if they're directing more this season, but I would love to see more action uh, based stuff from them in the future for certain. Yeah, definitely agreed. Uh, so this is, you know, the, the fight gets all broken up. Everyone's gone except for Clint and Kate and Clint tells her this has gotten very real, very quickly. There's a black widow in the mix. This is no good. I'm doing this alone. I'm not letting you be a part of this. Uh, and that's basically where we leave it, that we're not partners. You're a kid. I'm an adult, and I'm going to go and handle the situation. Uh, and so that's the cliffhanger, I guess. I mean, I mean, the show, show isn't really cliffhanging too much. You know, It's not cliffhanging it, too much. Uh, Clint, Clint hanging too much. Um, it's definitely the, the, the show does in many ways. I think maybe this is the thing that it has the most in common with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is it feels like a chopped up movie. Uh, you know, I feel like this is a movie that's you know being, tighter, yeah. better written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, feel, but it, feel, but I think structurally, I think you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt more like a movie than a show to me in many ways, and I think that this is feeling a little bit more like a movie than a show to me as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, not is, a complaint. Is... It's just that's the vibe that I'm getting. 
yeah, this is the point, right? This is end of Act Two. This is this is the the heroes at their lowest low, especially when you have something where it's a buddy con, you know, a buddy cop movie or yep. like any sort of like partnership. The partners have to break up at the end of Act Two so they can get back together, heading into Act Three in the climax. Like that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm fine with it. We knew it was coming. Like it's obvious. Like this is what was going to happen. So I'm not upset that it did. Um, and I think the reasoning makes sense, right? Like you said, I think it's way better that it's not just like you're Ronan. Uh, ooh, my Haley Seinfeld is way worse than yours. Um, <laughs> like you know, that it's not like that's that's the reason because I think that would have been a little bit like, ugh. yeah. But I think the, the reminders of the fact from the top of the episode about like what happens to Natasha, so I'm talking about what happens to Natasha. So now the ghost of Natasha basically showing up. Uh, I think there's a lot of evidence here for him to make a decision like this and have it feel natural and 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 uh, in character. Yeah, hundred percent agreed. Um. All right, well, that's Hawkeye. Uh, that's episode four of Hawkeye. There's only two more left, uh, which is uh, which is wild. Uh, so and Bert this- and Birdie, I do believe, have directed the next episode as well. Nice. And then Re- Reese Thomas, who directed the first two, will direct the finale. That's according to the Hawkeye Wikipedia. Um, so yeah, we are one week away from the penultimate episode of Hawkeye. This show went way too fast. I was appreciative but this of this. Is right though. I the feel like tap. the six episodes is 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 where it needs yeah, to be. The six episodes makes sense. Up. I would yeah. I I but I I I would love the sixth week. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that I think that it was right in this case to double tap with uh, the premiere in the second episode because the second episode has all of the Quentin Kate stuff together. Yeah. So you do want that dynamic early because that's the show. Um, but I'm sad that it's almost over. It feels like we just started, but well, I'd rather also... I'd rather something you know short and sweet than long in the tooth. And please exactly. get off my television. So and I think the fine. double tap also uh, just from a release standpoint makes sense. We're getting the final episode that week leading up to Christmas. Like two right. days later is Christmas. So I right. I think considering the show, considering the timing, considering the fact about Clint getting home in time for Christmas, you gotta have it happen either at christmas or right in that moment so that all that all works well again the six episode format for me is really working for me because nothing has felt like it's a drag nothing has felt like you know it's a stumble and they're just like you know fighting for time right um episode the two episodes to go if everyone's theory about uh good old wilson fisk is accurate I'm that's another out villain to introduce uh with with this four that would, that would ramp it up to four villains with two episodes to go again i think if it is we're just going to get a cameo which i think is going to sure. be more for the fans than anything else but uh yeah just it's it's wild it, but i'm loving oh my god i'm loving this like i said they really gotta just fail they ethically. have to they have to drop from the heights of Vormir down yeah. to the sacrificial hard floor below <laughs> uh you know it's gonna be they're they're well set up. Uh, the stakes are low, uh, but also feel high because we care about these people. Um, it's going to be even just heartbreaking, whether it's Jack or Eleanor, that's a bad guy. If it's either of them, that's going to be painful and you're going to feel horrible for Kate. Um, it's impressive. They've really invested me in these characters very early on. That's great writing. It's really terrific uh, performance work from Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner and everybody else who's a part of this. I'm really impressed. Uh for me, best show of the MCU lot so far. Uh, and if you by, had told, I think, stretch. either of us before any of this started that that would be the case, we would have thought you were crazy. Like, it's just, it just no feels kind of classic and 
fun, but also meaningful. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, you know, I'm a sucker for a holiday story. So they're doing all the things. Uh, they're doing it all right. Um, okay. So that's going to wrap us up here on Hawkeye. Uh, Kevin and I are going to go and talk about the X-Men and Magneto specifically over at the Extra Podcast on Patreon.com slash Recaps. Head over there, hit play on the podcast. It's right there on the on the front page. Uh, you do not have to be a subscriber to the Patreon. Of course, we would love that. That'd be great if you're in the the, the giving mood here in December 2021. Uh, but if not, totally fine. Just hit play on the podcast, and you can listen to us talking about the X Men and all other sorts of assorted nonsense. You can uh, you can see Kevin talking about all sorts of assorted nonsense on Twitter. He's at Kev Mahadeo. Uh, That's Kevin, me. <laughs> you just, uh, you and Melissa Woodward just wrapped up your latest run on why a, eh? the young adult podcast with a Canadian bent, uh, this time talking about the divergent franchise, That's uh, right. <laughs> but I, the podcast isn't out in the feed yet. Uh, so I am, I think spoiling something. People are really looking forward to the fact that you guys were going to be talking about Allegiant part two. It seems like you couldn't put that podcast together in time. Yeah, which is unfortunate. We apologize greatly for that, but we weren't able to get the second podcast out. But, you know, it's coming. Uh, It's going to be on the way. Uh, For certain, we're going to make that last podcast about the films. But in the meantime, we did do a wrap-up episode. You know, we figured we can get ahead of the curve there. Uh, So you can check that out where we had a really good time and a special guest on this one as well um, from the uh, patron uh, Discord. Uh, which was a blast to talk to to them about the this this series. Um, and then we've talked about what we're doing next. Uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna do a little running through some labyrinthian spaces. Is is the next series we're gonna head into? Amazing. Okay, so check all that out. That amazing is amazing indeed. That is behind the paywall on patreon.com slash post recaps. If you want a little more Kevin Mahadeo in your ears and you will not regret it. Very fun podcast. So much else going on on post show recaps right now. Uh, the HBO lineup fully covered right now. Dexter New Blood, the Walking Dead franchise had a huge night on Sunday uh, that led us very nicely into what will be a long hiatus until February on our Walking Dead coverage, at which point we'll return and probably we'll never stop talking about the Walking Dead from that point forward if AMC has its way. Uh, so if you like that podcast, it's going to be uh, it's going to feel like a long break. But then once we get started. We will be doing that show for many, many, many moons to come. Uh, Wheel of Time is still turning. The Witcher coverage is kicking off with Mike and Angela Bloom. So many different things. The Lost podcast, Kevin, is almost over. The Down oh the Hatch. Gosh, down the Hatch. So uh, we recorded The Candidate today, a very huge monumental season six episode of Lost. And we have two episodes of Lost left to watch for the podcast. That's it. Um, good good luck on them. I hope you, I hope you really stick the ending on the podcast shut the front door kevin (laughs) just shut up (laughs) oh god i shouldn't have said that to him i shouldn't have said that because life's short you never know what you're gonna get hey Uh, you don't think that you're gonna like the the further away you get from lost the you don't think that you may eventually you know absence makes the heart grow older and all that uh, yeah, but when my heart don't grows older, it, it just gets don't harder. So. Yep. <laughs> don't answer it. Don't answer it. All right, we're done. We'll talk about Hawkeye again next week. More superhero stuff over at patreon.com slash post show recaps, talking X-Men. We'll see you there. Bye, everybody. 